Well, today I want to talk about sometimes I deceive myself. And the slogan, if you want one for this particular teaching, is called Deception Infection. I don't watch a lot of television, but I do watch on YouTube parts of American Idol. I'm careful since it does sound kind of idolatrous. Idol, idolatrous, you got it. If you ever watch the first few shows of the season, when the judges are still traveling around the country for auditions, you soon become aware of how easily people are self-deceived. You watch people trying out for a spot on the show when competition starts in earnest, and it's seriously difficult to comprehend how many horrifically bad singers truly believe they deserve to be the next vocal superstar on American Idol. They are truly self-deceived, and no one has had the honesty to tell them so. Many people will laugh at the stupidity of this self-deception, or if you are like me, you cringe because you are a little bit more compassionate than most. But you do have to wonder how a person can be so out of touch with reality, so unaware of the fact that they lack talent, there's an utter lack of talent in their life. And what is more challenging for me to understand is how their friends and family support and perpetuate their delusion, their deception. Those poor mothers making obscene gestures at the judges for not recognizing their baby's amazing vocal talent. They are simply so self-deceived, not telling themselves the truth. They have what I would refer to as deception infection. But never mind American Idol. We also, you and I, are also self-deceived. As we look ourselves through, at ourselves through our lens of experiences, beliefs, and perspectives, we all have our blind spots. And the Bible describes the problem as the heart is deceitful above all things. You'll find that one in Jeremiah 17, verse 9. Or, as the message version says, the heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful, a puzzle that no one can figure out. No matter how objective we hope to be, our viewpoint, the way that we see ourselves, is always distorted to some degree, sometimes to a large degree. And here's the challenge. The longer we view ourselves through a distorted lens, through our own self-deception, the more likely we are to believe a distorted truth. The more you deceive yourself, the more the lie appears to you as simple truth. The longer we refuse to tell ourselves the truth that is often so obvious to others, the less likely we are to recognize the truth even if someone, someone else tells it to us. The longer we lie to ourselves, deceive ourselves, or remain in denial about the truth, the more likely we are to base our decisions and our actions on that false belief system. If you are like most people, when we read about self-deception, it is easy to think of a few people we know who are self-deceived and don't see themselves as others see them. But chances are that in your mind, you're not one of those people. You don't believe you are deceiving yourself and living with a false understanding of who you are, false understanding of your talent, your ability, your skills, your knowledge, even your personality. 
You simply don't want to know the truth about who you really are. The you that others know, the you that others see. Seems easier to simply not deal with the self-deception because facing reality can be difficult and quite a shock. So since we see ourselves from only one perspective, it is incredibly difficult to get an accurate picture of ourselves. It's similar to in driving a car. In order to see into our blind spots, we must use different mirrors held at different angles. So let's look at some of these mirrors that help expose our toxic behavior that tend to sneak up on, on, on all of us. And these toxic, toxic behaviors are present on a daily basis. And even though we can't see them, they can accumulate inside us and poison the well of our souls. And so we don't face the truth about ourselves and we are have deception infection. We can't see our self-generated toxins. We can't see the truth about ourselves. So why can't we see our self-generated deceptions? Why can't we see the truth about ourselves? David answers that question in Psalm 36, verses 2 and 3, when he describes a deceived sinner. David writes, In their own eyes they flatter themselves too much to detect or hate their sin. The words of their mouths are wicked and deceitful. They fail to act wisely or do good. The message translation takes that same psalm, Psalm 36 verses 2 and 3, and puts it this way. See how they flatter themselves, unable to detect and detest their sins? They are crooked and deceitful. Sorry, they are crooked and conceited, convinced they can get away with anything. Their wicked words are nothing but lies. Wisdom is far from them. Goodness is both forgotten and forsaken. Notice how David puts it, that some people flatter themselves too much. They lie to themselves about themselves and don't even know they're doing it. And they become so skilled at lying to themselves without knowing they're doing it, they are become so skilled at self-deception that they cannot detect or confess their sins, their failures, or their shortcomings. Basically, we manufacture our own poison and administer regular doses to ourselves. Chances are you know someone like this. Perhaps you have a friend who gossips all the time and he says boastfully, I don't gossip. I'm just telling you so you can pray for them. You and everyone else knows he's a gossip. But he's deceiving himself. Or you may have a family member who's off the chart rude and full of himself. And yet she would tell you, I'm not trying to be offensive, I just tell it like it is. Odds are you know someone who has a drinking problem, yet that person denies having any problem and adamantly believes he can quit at any time. You might have a friend who thinks he's God's gift to women, but you and everyone else knows he's an arrogant, womanizing, self-centered jerk. You possibly work for a woman who thinks she's a great leader at the office, but everyone else knows she is micromanaging, overbearing, and a control freak. You know people 
who are thinking more highly of themselves than they should. You have relatives who think they're funny, but everybody else thinks they're annoying. You know someone who has a major problem, but will deny it until the cows come home. person who thinks that they're a good listener, and nothing could be further from the truth. Why don't these people see it in themselves? Why don't we see ourselves in the same way that others see us? Why is it so hard to be objective about ourselves? Why is it we accept deception infection and we become self-deceived? Truth is that we have an unlimited capacity to deceive ourselves. As we lie to ourselves, you know, I'm a great singer, I'm going to go on American Idol, we start to believe our own lies. And the more we tell the lies, the more we believe that those lies are really truth. Before long, we wholeheartedly embrace a distorted reality that we skillfully created by a willed ignorance. We deny, we suppress, or we minimize what is true, and by default, we assert we adorn and we elevate what is false. And when we finally see the truth, when somebody is honest and loving enough to speak the truth in love, Ephesians 4.15, we really believe that the truth they're telling us is a lie. A different way to say that would be that we don't know what we, those who don't know, don't know what they don't know. Those who don't know don't know what they don't know. If you are deceived, chances are pretty good you don't know that you believe something that is not true about yourself. Otherwise, you wouldn't be self-deceived. If we never identify the lies and replace them with truth, we'll forever crave a healthy life on a diet of poison and always wonder why we are relationally sick. So how do we identify our self-told lies and replace them with the truth? Good question. You replace your self-told lies with the truth by a process that's called ruthless self-examination. It's like looking for ticks after a long day camping in the woods. It is somewhat embarrassing, self-examination, since it requires you to go over every square inch of your body slowly and carefully. But you know that catching a tick early can keep you from getting seriously ill. So in the same way, I'd encourage you to do a thorough internal self-examination. Just as those pesky bloodsuckers jump on you when you enter their environment, spiritual toxins infuse your thinking as you wade through our culture. So you need to take an honest look at the way you live, how you think, and who or what influences you the most. Work hard to be brutally honest with yourself. You need to examine your life for toxic behaviors. Anything you do that cripples your spiritual effectiveness, anything that you do that distracts you from your eternal mission, what God is asking you to be involved in, anything that prevents you from developing and maintaining healthy relationships, those are toxic behaviors. Look within for toxic emotions, behavior patterns, any deep feelings or learned behavior that lead you away from God's truth 
that leads you away from healthy relationships with other healthy people. So take an honest look at any unhealthy consumptions. The media you consume, the sites you surf online, the people you spend the most time around. The first step to defeating an enemy is to recognize that they are your enemy, to recognize your opponent. And though your enemy might be invisible and inside you, God can give you the eyes to see if you ask him. So this means you have to go through an internal self-examination. Let me issue a warning here. The closer you get to uncovering a toxic internal killer in your life, the harder your enemy will fight to keep his grip. If you are like me, you might even unknowingly betray yourself and fight against the change. Denial is often our first line of defense. And we are skilled at taking responsibility for very little and justifying most of our behavior. So be careful when you hear yourself think or say these phrases or something similar because what you're doing at this point is not taking responsibility and justifying your behavior and your attitude. And denial, again, is your first line of defense. And the closer you get to uncovering these toxic killers in your life, the harder your, en your enemy will fight to keep his grip. And you will be one of the people who allow you to keep the grip. So be careful when you hear yourself think or say these phrases or something similar. I don't have a problem with this. That is really not what I'm like. It's really no big deal. This is one way I cope with everything. I'm not as bad as most people think. I'm not as bad as most people are. I can quit anytime I want to. This is just the way I am. You just don't understand me. You really don't want to know the real me. Those who are most defensive are often the unknowingly guilty, most unknowingly guilty. It's been said that the more convinced you are that you are right, the more likely it is that you are wrong. If you fight back against those trying to help you, chances are you're fighting to keep your own lies intact. And you have deception infection. If someone who loves you tries to show you a dangerous pattern in your life, you might be 100% convinced they are wrong, when the truth is they are 100% correct. Peter in the New Testament is a perfect example. When Jesus explained that some of his disciples would fall away and deny him, Peter was convinced that he never would. Matthew 26, verses 31 to 35 in the Passion Translation. Along the way, Jesus said to them, Before the night is over, you will all desert me. And this will fulfill the prophecy of the scriptures that says, I will strike down the shepherd, and all the sheep will scatter far and wide. But after I am risen, Jesus said, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and will meet you there. Then Peter spoke up and said, 
Even if all the rest lose their faith and fall away, I will still be beside you, Jesus. Are you sure, Peter, Jesus said? In fact, before the rooster crows a few hours from now, you will have denied me three times. And Peter replied, I absolutely will never deny you, even if I have to die with you. Peter, with unshakable confidence, says, Even if all the rest lose their faith and fall away, I will still be beside you, Jesus. And when challenged about his comment, he replies, I absolutely will never deny you, even if I have to die with you. But as you and I know, Matthew chapter 26, verses 31 to 35 and onwards says, Sure enough, before the day ended, not one, not two, but count them three different times, Peter denied even knowing who Jesus was. Peter was self-deceived. If someone has been showing, trying to show you something about yourself and you continue to ignore what is being said, or worse still, you continue to fight about it, maybe it's time to acknowledge that you might be deceived. If you find yourself resisting or fighting back when someone points out an issue in your life, be careful. You may be self-deceived. And remember, those who are most convinced that they are right are often the most deceived. Be careful not to flatter yourself so that you miss the issue or the sin that either God or God through someone is trying to point out to you. It is hauntingly easy to deceive ourselves, and we need outside help to become more objective about our blind spots. But if our shields are up and our defenses are operating at full force, we may not be hearing what those around us are saying. Sometimes if we really want to change. We must ask God to show us what's true about how we are thinking and talking and relating, what's true about how we're living. And since we can't change what we can't identify, we need to ask God to show us areas of our lives that may be harmful to us, offensive to the people we relate to, or even displeasing to God himself. Now God speaks to us in many ways if we ask for his help. He'll speak through his word, the Bible. He will speak through circumstances. He will speak through his spirit directly into your spirit. But most often, he speaks through people. So as you seek God and his insights into your life, your inner life, listen very carefully to what he might be saying to you through the people around you. Psalm 15, verses, sorry, Proverbs 15, verses 31 to 32, says, He who listens to a life-giving rebuke will be at home among the wise. He ignores discipline, despises himself, but whoever heeds correction gains understanding. Passion Translation reads, Accepting constructive criticism opens your heart to the path of life, making you right at home among the wise. Refusing constructive criticism shows you have no interest in improving your life, for revelation insight only comes as you accept correction 
and the wisdom that it brings. I love that phrase, life-giving rebuke. Occasionally, God will send someone to communicate a strong and important message through a life-giving rebuke. And it is important to note, however, that not all rebukes are life-giving and helpful, because certainly every one of us has been broadsided by some life-taking rebukes. You know, when some jerk criticizes or belittles you in a hurtful way, or over something insignificant that allows the jerk to look better than you. Instead of making things better, they make things worse. But when somebody comes and gives you a life-giving rebuke, we should pay attention. They care about you enough to confront you lovingly. They come to you and they care enough and love you enough to speak the truth in love. That's Ephesians 4.15. They take a risk to help you see the truth about yourself. And when they do, you need to listen intently and then act intentionally upon what is said. And here's another hint, a loud hint. If more than one person has told you that you have a problem with something, chances are pretty good that you have a problem. If a close friend is worried about you because you always seem short of cash and overspend each month, you have a problem. Don't be self-deceived. If your parents and your best friend all tell you that you're dating a good-for-nothing jerk, you're probably heading for trouble. If everyone you love and trust expresses concern about your eating habits and your weight, you probably should put the fork down and listen. Now would be a good time to stop and ask yourself honestly, is there something that God has been trying to show me through his word or through people that I trust? And is there something that I really need to be hearing? Now there's a warning. These are the flashing red lights. If you think you're good to go and it's everyone else's fault that this is happening, then you are truly self-deceived. If you are constantly justifying and defending your behavior and your attitude but not making any changes, you are self-deceived. If you don't take personal responsibility for who you are, how you live, how you look, how you relate, what you do, then you are self-deceived. If you write all concern that others express as mean and critical and not constructive, you are self-deceived. If you are still allowing certain behaviors to affect relationships that are, and are simply not addressing them or dealing with them, even blaming others for the issues, then you are self-deceived. You need to repent and come clean before God. 1 John 1.8 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So I am praying that God will move the deception out of our hearts so that the truth can come into our hearts. And when God reveals spiritual and relational toxins, poisons that need to be cleansed, I pray that you'll have the courage to act swiftly and to act decisively. James said it well in chapter 1, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Or the Passion Translation, 
Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it, for that is the essence of self-deception. So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. When you know the word and don't do what it says, we are in direct disobedience to God and living a toxic life that he cannot bless. When God shows you what to do through his word, through other people, do it immediately. Because delayed obedience is disobedience. So if you're living with your boyfriend or girlfriend and know you shouldn't be compromising, move out or get married. If the number of Twitter followers or Facebook friends has become an idol to you, it's time to tear down that idol until you manage it in healthy fashion. If you are consumed with worry, call it what it is, a sin. If you're worrying, then you are distrusting the promises and power of God. So quit sanctifying the sin of worry by calling it concern and do what it takes to renew your mind with God's truth. You can't change what you don't see. So it's time to see and to receive the truth, no matter the way that the truth is revealed. Through God's word, a teaching, a friend, a multitude of counselors, your spouse. And you will be tempted to argue, but I'm not a bad person. May I, may I say respectfully and lovingly, yes you are. We are all selfish, sinful, self-deceived people. As we saw, the Bible tells us our hearts are deceitful above all things. And Jesus, the only one who is good, is the remedy for our poison. When you clearly identify what is slowly killing you, you can take the toxic influences to Jesus for cleansing, purifying, and healing. When we identify the lies that we so readily tell ourselves, the lies others have told us about ourselves in the past, His truth and only His truth can set us free. By God's power, we must drop the masks and tell the truth. Think about it. Why do we so readily deceive ourselves? And the answer is simple and life-transforming. We deceive ourselves because we are afraid of facing the truth. The very thing we fear is what we need the most, the truth. Because when we know the truth, John 8.32 says the truth will set us free. So my loving advice as we end this teaching, my loving advice is stop lying to yourself, swallowing the poisonous self-deception that keeps you from experiencing healthy spiritual growth and great interpersonal relationships. Stop deceiving yourselves, because if you're willing to face the truth, the truth can and will set you free.